0: What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Assemble Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Jones. Whether I'm hitting the trails training for an ultramarathon or pushing my limits in the gym strength training, I've always been fascinated by what drives us to perform at our best. This podcast is for everyone from the serious endurance, strength, or hybrid athlete to the outdoor enthusiast who wants to live life to the fullest. I believe that peak performance is an assembly of physical training, mental fortitude, emotional health, and social support. Whether you're training for a sport or viewing life itself as the ultimate athletic event, join me in redefining limits and living a life full of challenges and adventure. Let's get into today's podcast. What's up, guys? Solo podcast this week. I've got some Q&A that I grabbed from Instagram. I had some people email me some questions and text me some questions as well. So I'm going to answer those today. Next week we've got some good guests coming on and then for the weeks after that, we've got a pretty steady stream of awesome guests. So I'm pretty excited for that. It's not out right now, but once this airs, it will be out. So the hybrid training guide, the free guide on how to manage and schedule your hybrid training should be out. So if you want to go to my Instagram, link in my bio, that'll be there. Or if you go to assembleperformance.com slash hybrid training guide, it'll be there as well. You can grab that completely free if you're interested. And without further ado, I'm gonna get into some of the questions. This should not be a super long episode. So if you're on a time crunch, this is a good one because some of these guest episodes will probably push closer to an hour, maybe some longer than an hour, depending on the guest availability and how much we have to talk about. But today I'm just gonna answer your questions. So if you want some more questions answered and you're not happy with one of these questions, feel free to send me a question. You can DM me on Instagram or email it to me and I will add it to the list of questions for the next Q&A episode as well as if you have notifications on for my Instagram stories, I will post a poll the week before I record my next Q&A podcast, and you can ask a question in there, and I'll throw it on the podcast. So without further ado, our first question, can you build muscle while improving running performance? Yes, you 100% can build muscle while improving running running performance. It's really going to depend on the distance of the running event that you're planning on running it's an ultramarathon it's going to be a lot harder than if you're just training for like a 5k or a one mile really the biggest thing with building muscle while improving running performance is going to be nutrition and then training nutrition is going to be are you eating enough because when you run you burn a lot more calories than if you just lift so you're going to have to eat a lot more than you would if you were just lifting to build muscle and then again if you're running farther like an ultramarathon or whatever you're going to be burning a lot more calories in that training the longer and longer you run so the more and more you're gonna to have to eat. And then two is just training volume. How much volume can you accumulate? So if you're running more, your body's gonna be able to recover from less. Granted, if you're trying to build muscle, a lot of people wanna build upper body muscle. That's gonna be easier to do while running than trying to build huge legs because your legs can only recover from so much. But you can absolutely build muscle while improving running performance. You just have to eat enough, eat enough protein, and also you know be, hand- be able to handle the training load. Important to note here, though, is you don't just need to eat protein when you're running. You also need to eat a lot of carbs, obviously. If you're wanting to build muscle, you have to hit your protein goal. It's just a given. You have to hit your protein goal. But you also have to eat enough carbs because if you don't have enough carbs, your body is going to end up having to use some of those calories from the protein for energy instead of being able to utilize it for muscle building. So eating carbs is actually gonna be protein protective for you because then your body can utilize those carbs for energy and it doesn't have to utilize some of the protein, break down some of the protein to use for energy, at least the energy when you're running. If you want um, more on that, here we go. But that's the gist of it. Next question. What do you believe are the two best supplements a person could take to improve performance and overall well-being? Ooh, that's a big one. First off, I think that you don't need to take supplements. If you don't wanna take supplements, You don't want to pay for them. You don't have to. You can get everything from your diet. You just have to be much more intentional about what you eat and how much you eat to make sure that you get everything from your diet. Supplements are an easy way to fill those gaps where you might not be getting everything you need from your diet. So I do take supplements. So I can give you any advice based on what I take, but you don't have to take supplements. So number one, I would recommend creatine. Creatine is very low cost, very cheap. And like my 90 day supply, I think it's like $30 or $32 or something like that. Pretty cheap, you just take it every day. If you don't wanna take a supplement though, you can get creatine through your food, primarily through like meats. So if you wanna be sure you eat enough, you're gonna to have to be intentional about that. I take creatine because I just know that no matter what, I'm gonna have enough creatine for the day. If I take it, it's really easy. It's flavorless, I just dry scoop it. So put a little water in my mouth, dry scoop it, and then drink some more water. You can mix it in water, do whatever you want, but creatine is gonna be the number one just because it's super cheap. One of the most studied supplements, there are no negative side effects that have been found in decades of researching creatine, except for, you might be you might call it negative, a one uh, to 3% body weight gain, but that's due to water weight in your muscles, so it's intramuscular and it goes away as soon as you stop taking it. I think that's pretty negligible. I don't even think that's a negative even for ultra endurance runners, unless, you know, if you're training for like a hundred mile race, maybe you might want to stop taking creatine like a week before your race, because at that point, you know, every pound counts. I mean, I, if I was running a hundred mile race, I probably wouldn't stop taking creatine. It's up to you. But, and then second one I would say would be whey protein, whey protein. A lot of dietitians I've talked to don't even consider it to be a supplement. They consider it a whole food because it's a complete protein if you get certain brands of whey protein it's going to have actually the amino acid profile on the side next to the nutrition facts not all of them do but some of them do you don't again you don't need to take whey protein you can eat just make sure you eat plenty of protein throughout the day i like whey protein because it's a super easy way to get all your protein in with and there's not like too many calories so if you're counting calories and you're kind of in a calorie restricted state It helps. Otherwise, it just helps me get all my protein in and not feel super full because I eat a good amount of protein. I shoot for one gram per pound of body weight personally. So I'm eating roughly 200 grams of protein a day, which is a good amount of protein. It can be really hard to get that because I just feel so full. So whey protein, super easy. The whey protein I take, Thorn, it's I think 22 grams of protein per scoop and it's 100 calories, tastes good, chocolate mixes up. Again, don't have to do it, but That would be my recommendation. Those are pretty much the two supplements I only I take on a regular basis. I also take fish oil and vitamin D in the winter, but I'm kind of inconsistent sometimes with the fish oil and the vitamin D. So really creatine and whey protein are the way to go there. But again, you can get everything from your diet if you don't want to take supplements. Remember, the supplement industry is a very expensive industry. They, you know, if you walk into a GNC, they try to sell you everything. You know, they try to tell you this is wrong with you, this is wrong with you, you need these things, you don't need any of those things. You're not inherently broken. Your body's pretty resilient and smart and can do a lot with what it's given, even if it's not given the right nutrients. Just the fact that we can stay alive when people definitely don't get all their nutrients in. Testament to the human body and how resilient it is. But if you are trying to optimize performance, creatine and whey protein can fit into a generally balanced, healthy diet as well. Yeah, I think I've beat a dead horse there. That's the recommendation for me. If you want, again, more questions on supplements, send them my way. I'm going to try to get a dietitian on the podcast sometimes, so that could be a cool discussion. Another supplement question, does it matter when I take my whey protein before or after a workout? Generally, some people say yes, but generally, I don't believe it matters as long as you're getting enough protein in per day. Most of the dietitians that I know and talk to and some of the researchers, you know, PhDs that research in this area, they generally agree, at least the ones that I know and talk to, that it doesn't matter. And from the research I've looked at, as long as you're getting enough protein in per day, it doesn't matter. So just take it whenever you want to. If you prefer to take it after a workout, do it. If you prefer to take it before a workout, do it. But personally, I wouldn't take it before a workout because it wouldn't sit well with me. You know, I feel like I have actually taken whey protein before a workout before and my stomach just feels uneasy. I would take it after. Sometimes I've drank it during. I actually used to take those. There's Monster, Muscle Monster is what it's called. So it's the Monster Energy Drink brand, but they're protein shakes. And I, I did used to drink that actually as a pre-workout before when I was younger and it was pretty good, but I guess that didn't upset my stomach. So really whatever, up to personal preference, just get enough protein in per day. So that's my recommendation there. How do you get your significant other to support your lifestyle change, understanding that this has not always been your lifestyle? This is an interesting one. I am not a relationship expert, number one. You know, I'm married, but that doesn't make me an expert, right? because my sample size is one, just my relationship. So how do you get your significant other to support your lifestyle change? Understanding this has not always been your lifestyle. So I'm hesitant to really go too deep into this because this is not my area of expertise, but generally the way I look at relationships from what I've learned and some of the people that I know is that you've basically got like your relationship circle and then you each have your individual circles if you wanna think of it this way. And your responsibility is just to manage what's inside your circle and then step into the relationship circle with the other person. So as long as you're not taken away from the relationship, then I don't see how it's your significant other's responsibility. I find that a lot of the time when I have been like, oh man, I wish my spouse was this way. It's really something that I had to deal with for myself. And a very easy example would be like, If you're say starting a health and fitness journey and you're just like, man, I wish my spouse supported me. I don't wanna get up in the morning. I wish they would just push me up in the morning. You know, you have to get out of bed and do this. But really that's not their responsibility. It's your responsibility to get yourself out of bed. You can't expect them to manage your life like that because it's your change that you're making, not their change that they're making. And so it's on you to get yourself up out of bed to motivate yourself. And certainly a supportive spouse can help, but it's not their responsibility. So you can't put that on them. It gets murky if they're like actually taking away from your fitness journey, complaining about it, or if your fitness journey, say, like me, I train a lot. And so my spouse has to be on board with that. So I understand that if you're trying to do like a long endurance race or something and you're out for four or five, six hours on the weekend, that's when it gets murky. That's not my area of expertise. My scope of practice, I would seek out, you know, a licensed marriage and family therapist for that. All right, here is one that I got from Reddit. Actually, somebody sent it to me on Reddit. Tips for improving running after mass gain. Six foot 2, 180 pounds was 6 foot 180 pounds, but I'm now just under 200 pounds at the end of my last bolt. So 6'2", two, 200 is actually still pretty lean. 6'2", 180 was very lean. I'm 203 and I'm five foot 10, or 11-ish, five foot 10 and a half, but I still like how fast I am and can run fairly fast and run fairly far, you know, something that I'm happy with. So 200 pounds at 6'2 is actually fairly lean. So you're not in like bad territory here. It's not like you're 280, right? And the mass is, seems like to be good gain after your last bulk means that you could have put on a good amount of fat mass, but you definitely put on a good amount of muscle mass too in that time, depending on how you ate. Maybe it was mostly muscle mass. So the tips for improving running after that is very, really very similar to the tips improving running in general, right? You want a solid base, so lots of zone two work, Lower intensity work, build up that mitochondrial density, that efficiency of your body. And then as you get that base built up, then you start putting in speed work because you need to realize that you need to use that base for speed. The only thing as you get heavier is you just don't want to jump into speed work or mileage too fast. If you stopped running, so if you ran a good amount and then you put on this mass, you don't want to jump back in where you left off because you do have more mass to move. Your legs are going to have to be used to the pounding and the stress, the forces. You don't want to get shin splints, any overuse injuries. So just be mindful not to go back into it too fast, but otherwise general running rules apply. Build that base, lots of zone two work, throw the ego out the window and be willing to run slow to build that base and then throw in speed work intentionally and smartly and build up um, not too fast. All right. This question is What I benefit from swapping to hybrid training? My goals are not only to look aesthetically pleasing, but I want to transition into more athletic slash performance focused training. Yeah, I would say so. If you want to be more athletic and performance focused, I don't know what you're doing currently, but hybrid training is great for that. You could also do more of a concurrent training if you want to focus on a sport. So if you want to be more performance focused in a certain sport, then you can do more concurrent training, which is where you're lifting is there to help a sport or your cardio would be there to help your lifting sport if your sport is lifting but hybrid is not very different from that it's just that you progress in two goals at the same time so hybrid training would be great for that if you're currently lifting more like a bodybuilder hybrid training can really help you focus on performance because you can focus on increasing a strength performance goal and a running performance goal and not just be focused on your aesthetics. All right, this next person asks, what's the quickest way to improve my cardio? Did a 10K on Sunday to test myself, and I felt like my legs could handle it, but my heart rate was really high. So in this instance, I would recommend, I'd have to look at the rest of your training. I don't know what the rest of your training looks like, but I would recommend, again, building that aerobic base and then putting speed work in on top of that. There's, you know, a ton of reasons your heart rate could be really high. Are you used to running that fast? Do you run a lot of miles? Do you have that base, or are you just trying to push it without that aerobic base? So make sure you build that aerobic base up and then put speed work in intentionally. If you're training for the 10K, then I would throw in some shorter speed work, 400s, 800s, 1200s, 1600s. Those are meter repeats. And then you can start throwing in threshold runs, 30, 45 minute threshold runs. You can throw in threshold intervals. So where you do one, two mile intervals with a jog and recovery and you do that, repeat that. But yeah, if you don't have that aerobic base, you can't, that's gonna be the quickest way, which unfortunately it's not super quick. You need to put the time and put the reps in, but that's gonna be the quickest way. So, all right, what do we got here? Push pull legs versus upper lower split for weight training three times a week, which is recommended. Again, this is gonna depend on the rest of your training, but if you are doing more of a hybrid training style, then I'm going to assume that you're running on the days that you're not lifting. And maybe sometimes you're running on the days that you are lifting. With hybrid training, what you really need to consider is recovery time. How much are you able to recover from? I say that all the time, but that's what is important because you can't recover from unlimited amounts of work. And that's really going to be your limiter. I personally, for most people use an upper lower split because that allows me to do like upper lower full body or upper lower, upper lower. I think having the upper body days to give your legs a complete rest is important, Mm -hmm. but you can do upper, lower, full, upper, lower, upper, lower, or as you're getting closer to a running event, depending on your recovery, you can just drop that to one upper body day and one lower body day a week, and then running the rest of the time or cycling, swimming, whatever sport you are training for. But they're both good splits. I find upper lower works better with most people. All right. I'm a cross country slash track and field runner. Run every day. I started lifting last year, but I have no clue what splits I should do. I want to build more muscle and increase athletic performance. Any recommendations? So I'm assuming that you're a cross country track and field runner in high school, maybe college. Those are the two. I don't think you're a pro cross country runner because you'd have a lot more resources with coaches. Either way, Seek out your strength and conditioning coach. That's what I would recommend, especially if you're in high school, if you don't have a good strength and conditioning coach, look for good strength and conditioning programs for the off-season or the in-season for cross-country or track and field. Because at this stage, you really want to work on your performance in your sport. And that's not going to be really a hybrid methodology. That's going to be more what we call concurrent methodology where you train, or your training in the weight room is there to support your cross-country and your track and field performance. That's what I would recommend. See how good you can get at running and lift for that. And so that's gonna be much more traditional periodization. So you've got an off-season, a preseason, an in-season, a postseason, right? For cross country and track and field. If that's a lot, you can send me a message and I'd be happy to answer more in depth, help you find some resources if you don't have a good strength and conditioning coach where you're at, especially if you're in high school. If you're in college, I would assume you have a good strength and conditioning program. So reach out to them, tell them, hey, I wanna get better at this, I wanna lift so I can be a better runner build more muscle, increase athletic performance. That's what that's gonna do. So I wouldn't recommend a hybrid methodology. I would recommend you put all your focus on your sports and your training in the weight room, they be there to support your sport. One is on combining strength training and running. Been running for three years, but haven't lifted seriously before. So you're gonna have to start with less than you see other people doing, especially if you haven't lifted seriously before. You've been running for three years, so you have a decent enough base of running. What I would recommend is pulling the running back just a little bit and adding weight training in slowly, especially lower body weight training. Again, because you're used to all the pounding on your legs from running, but you're not used to having to recover from lifting weights and from running. So just add it in slowly. What I would do is do maybe one upper body and one lower body day a week, and maybe even do upper, lower, full, like I said, but keep the volume lower, train heavier. Your body is already getting a lot of pounding from running. So if you're getting all this volume running, and then you add in all this volume lifting, you're not going to be able to recover as fast. So what I would recommend is keeping the volume lower, intensity higher, just getting used to the weight room, getting used to form, video yourself, watch those alongside YouTube videos of correct form and make sure that you're lifting properly. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of learning, but it can be a lot of fun. Maybe join a gym, find a coach that can help you learn all the proper form, the proper exercises, all that stuff. If you want more, hit me up and I would be happy to help you. When I do one-on-one coaching, all my athletes can send me form videos. So if you're interested in that, you can hit me up for that. Otherwise, I'm here to answer any questions that you have about that. And the last question, told you this wouldn't be too long. I don't know what we're at now time-wise. I don't know what time we started. But last question, best shoes that I can run and lift slash squat in? I like this question because it's a pet peeve of mine. Let's get into it. You don't wanna have the same shoes for lifting and for running, and there's a few reasons for that. You look at one side of the coin, if you just have running shoes, and then you wanna lift in those running shoes, right? People do it all the time. However, you've got a running shoe, right? Most running shoes have an elevated heel, not all of them, but, some of, but most of them, some of them are flat, but all running shoes are pretty cushioning on the bottom because you need to be able to run comfortably. You're putting a lot of force on the ground, so a lot of them have a lot of cushion. When you lift, you don't want cushion like that. When you lift, you want to be in contact with the ground so that you can feel the ground and you don't want to move. So if you look at weightlifting shoes, some of them, they have an elevated heel, but they're hard, like very hard. I don't know if you've ever put them on, but some of them are fairly heavy and they're very hard. There's no flex in them at all. A lot of people lift barefoot. I do a combination of weightlifting shoes and barefoot shoes, which are just you know very thin soles, very close to the ground, spread your toes out, get good contact with the ground. Running shoes aren't gonna give you that, and the foam can actually wear differently over time based on your running form, which is fine when you're running, but when you're lifting, you don't want that squishiness. You don't want that unevenness. So running shoes do not make good lifting shoes for that reason. I recommend lifting barefoot barefoot shoes or in weightlifting shoes or Converse, but something that's gonna give you good contact with the ground. Running shoes aren't good for lifting. We have a that. Are lifting shoes good for running? I don't know if you've ever worn lifting shoes or barefoot shoes but they're not going to be good for running. They're going to hurt your, especially lifting shoes. <laughs> Can you run? You, I want to take a pair of Olympic lifting shoes and try to go run. And you're going to make it like three steps. And you're going to be like, my shins, my feet, my ankles, my knees, everything hurts. So clearly those are not going to be good. Barefoot shoes. There was like the big craze in like the 2010s of running in barefoot shoes. I tried it out, gave myself plantar fasciitis. So I don't recommend that. You can if you want, but you have to really work into it slowly. I think that craze has mostly died off. You guys probably remember the Vibram five fingers. I still wear barefoot shoes to um, walk around in to strengthen in. They're not the five fingers though. They have a closed toe box. I'm not that guy out here with my toes all hanging out, but I would not recommend wearing them. All right, guys, that was all the questions we had. So fairly quick, again, I don't know how long we've been doing this, but fairly quick. If you have more questions, you can always send me an email, send me a DM or answer my question sticker of the week that I do uh, podcast questions. Otherwise, a lot of people liked the podcast last week with Chris and Joe. We're going to have them back on. We also have some psychologists coming on, some physical therapists coming on, some PhD students coming on. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of really great topics that I hope can bring a lot of value to you guys and a lot of topics I'm really interested in. So I'm just here to guide the discussion and learn a lot from these other professionals in the field. So if you have any questions for psychologists, physical therapists, dieticians, any of that, you can send them my way. And when the episode comes up, I will be sure to bring it up. Or if I can bring it up, if I get too many questions, we just don't have the amount of time. Chris and Joe are gonna be back on. So if you have any tactical performance questions, you can send those my way as well. And I will do my best to bring them up during the podcast. Otherwise, thank you for listening, and I will see you guys next week.